1: sexy and will knock you on your ass.
0: It's unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is Believe in the Sex Playbook. Welcome to Believe in the Sex Playbook. I'm your host, John Ibrahim, coming to you from the Windy City here on the Believe Podcast Network. You can find Believe in the Sex Playbook on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much everywhere else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. That's B-L-E-A-V. So, Shay, my partner in crime, is not with me today. She got a lot of stuff going on. She started a new job and all kinds of stuff, so she will be back real soon. But, joining us is my good friend, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Hey. How are you?
1: Good. How are you?
0: Good. Thanks for filling in.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: And for you, regular listeners of the show, you may remember Sarah did an episode uh, with me. Um, it was kind of a while ago, at some point last year. Yeah, but I feel what like was it? a year and a half ago. Was it? God, time flies. What was the topic? Uh,
1: well,
0: I can't remember because my memory is like shot. It's <laughs> been shot like long time ago. So, anyway, I know it was fun. Absolutely. I mean, our show is always fun, right? But you made it more fun that, that day that you were here. So, um, Because Sarah, she's a double threat girl. She is a professional counselor. So she can give us insight on sex and dating and all things that have to do with the human brain and why people do the stupid things that they do.
1: All the stupid things?
0: Yeah, all the stupid things. Otherwise we wouldn't need counselors, right?
1: Exactly. Right. Help me stay employed.
0: <laughs> right. Right, it's not to help people, it's <laughs> to it's to stay gainfully employed. Exactly. <laughs> Um, But her other threat is because, you know, I've known Sarah a long time. We've been friends a long time. And and Sarah's a a hottie and she's been out in the dating world for a really long time as well. So she brings, you know, the expertise of being a worldly street smart dater and also being a professional counselor. Absolutely. Seen it all. all. Right. So... I like to think that my opinion is all you guys ever need, but sometimes I don't know everything.
1: Female perspective can uh, bring some some insight.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, it's a good counterbalance to all the incorrectness that, that men present. They say women are supposed to be the logical ones. So
1: I don't know about that, but we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. So let's get right into it. Sarah, yes or no, do you watch porn? <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> well, there's a, th- I totally agree with you. And I think it's a stereotype that uh, men are the ones who watch all the porn.
1: That stereotype is far from being true. Yeah. And I think anybody that tells you that they don't watch porn is a liar.
0: Right, right. It's the same as people who say they've never masturbated.
1: Yeah, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolute either, bullshit. Right.
0: Either they're like the worst liars ever or there's something mentally wrong with them if somebody can't and I know that some people you know I don't want to get into go down a a psychological rabbit hole but I know that like people who have had a lot of sexual trauma when they were younger they have a harder time with masturbation when they get older because of intimacy issues absolutely right? right so that just short of that I don't believe almost anybody who says that they've never masturbated Yeah,
1: without some significant history of trauma people are masturbating right
0: like me, I, the more logical question would be have you masturbated today? Not today. It was okay. a busy day. Right. Well, I didn't mean you, I meant me. Like, <laughs> you know, that's that's it's just a a routine kind of thing, you know? But um but it sounds like it is for you too. <laughs> right. And that's a whole another show that we'll get into sometime maybe, but um but it's the same with the porn. People a lot of people don't admit that they watch porn because um they think there's like a stigma attached to it, right?
1: And it is stigmatized. Yeah. That's why there's that idea that only men watch porn.
0: Yeah. Um so, you know, and and with the stereotype being that only men watch porn, you know, the 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 image you that pops in your head is like the guy at home, you know, alone, nobody's home and he uses that as like his Get his freak on time where it's he's like in front of the It's like dark and it's super e-
1: creepy. Exactly
0: right. You know, he's got like the thing of lotion on one side. He's got like the moist towel on the get other. The crusty <laughs> sock. Oh, no. No, that's when you're trying to hide it. That's when you're a teenager. When you're like, there's people like sleeping real close to me. So you get away with using the tube sock <laughs> where nobody else can see. It's like quick cleanup. Right? Oh. So for all you moms out there with teenage sons, when you found that that crusty balled up sock under the bed, that's what it is. Yeah, in case it you didn't know. throw right. it away, throw it away. So then, if that's the stereotype of how when men do it, what is it for when women do it?
1: There is no stereotype of when women watch porn. Yeah, and it's been such a taboo topic for so long that we don't really talk about it.
0: Yeah, right. And goddammit, it, people need to
1: absolutely. I think there is a lot of shame. Yeah, and you know. Women watching porn, yeah, which is sad,
0: and you shouldn't be ashamed, right? No, absolutely not. Right? You know, we've said in in some episodes before is let your freak flag fly. You know, yeah. and, and don't 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 be repressed. It's uh, you bury that deep inside you, then it's going to build up like a powder keg. <laughs>
1: absolutely, it's a healthy human behavior to have.
0: Right, and that's a perfect segue that you just use that word healthy, because just like anything, you know, if you overindulge on on any sort of vice you know then it can start doing some damage and can end up being destructive and that's for people who may have a porn addiction yep and uh so we're gonna pick your expert brain because not only are you a professional counselor but you specialize in addiction counseling right correct and just like Like I used to watch that uh, Celebrity Rehab, you know, with uh, with Doctor Drew. I wanted to be Doctor Sarah for so long. What's that?
1: I wanted to be Doctor Sarah for so long. Oh,
0: did you really? Yeah, because he's cool, he's hip, younger. You know, he made like psychology cool. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think, and he even said the reason why they stopped doing that show is they just kind of ran out of celebrities that were willing to go into rehab. You know, makes sense. Yeah, but um, what I remember from Celebrity Rehab was. It wasn't just alcoholics and drug addicts. It was they had a couple different celebs that went on there specifically for either sex addiction or porn addiction.
1: I think there was specifically a season for sex addiction.
0: Yeah, there might have been an actual show that was sex yeah. that was sex addicts, right? The
1: one guy I remember he had uh, HPV in the back of his throat.
0: Ugh yeah yeah that's that's what comes with a living a, a you know throwing caution to the wind with your addiction as you start having a lot of unsafe sex and the more partners you have, the greater the chance just by ratio that you could catch a disease and stuff and, and that's a whole nother topic but um, so Sarah, would you confirm that porn or sex addiction has a lot of the same you know however it manifests itself in the brain and all that kind of stuff. It's I almost identical to alcohol and substance abuse.
1: Absolutely. So with any sort of addiction, um, whether it be substance or process addiction, which is you know gambling, sex, porn, right. um, it really kind of takes over the consumatory pathways yeah. in our brains. Right. So it's the need to you know drink if you're an alcoholic is very similar to the need to eat if you're starving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know just like. Any addictions, usually there's something that precipitated, that led them to, you know, get that addiction. Like for alcoholics, a lot of times it's hereditary where their their parents were alcoholics and stuff. So what would precipitate um, a porn addiction?
1: I think it really is, you know, with any sort of, you know, drug addiction, alcoholism, kind of a perfect storm mm-hmm. of different factors, uh, biological, psychological and social factors yeah. that lead somebody to be more likely to becoming you know, chemically dependent, um, addicted to gambling, yeah. sex, porn, uh-huh. whatever it may be. Um, and I think it's important when we talk about any sort of addiction, there really isn't a difference between drug addiction and these process addictions. It really is how the brain interacts with yeah. the stimuli, whether it's the drug or the rush that you get from watching porn. Yeah, And if somebody does have an addiction to substances – we tend to see a lot of cross addictions when yeah. somebody stops using um, to these process addictions. Right. All right.
0: So now for porn addiction or sex addiction or, or really any d- addiction, even if it's like substance abuse, um, there doesn't have to be like a past trauma or anything like that. Right. Like Not at all. just somebody who maybe you know, for alcohol addiction, somebody who maybe partied really hard in, in college and they just love they loved the the. Um, high they get from alcohol and stuff and they carry that into adulthood and they just created their own addiction right
1: yeah and the more pleasure our brain feels from doing a certain behavior yeah the more likely we are to continue to do it we like that shit
0: yeah yeah i know i do (laughs) um especially with porn and sex (laughs) but like if somebody out there has like a self-recognized porn addiction it doesn't necessarily mean they had some kind of sexual trauma when they were younger that led to it right it could have not just been all. that they they fell in love with porn and they just started overindulging and next thing you know it, it started consuming their life right yeah
1: their so, brain liked it too much right Said
0: so, right we'll now a draw. what i'm about to say is strange because i'm here to say i love porn i watch you know i watch a, a good share of porn you know why not especially because you know i've spent so much of my Career, You know, writing about sex and and dating and, you know, been single all my life and stuff. So, you know, it's it's just falls in that interest zone of stuff that I'm interested in. I don't have a porn addiction. I don't overindulge in porn. But, you know, I like porn a lot. But I also say the flip side of that coin is porn is the cause of so many problems in sex and dating and relationships. Even above and beyond addiction.
1: Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, insecurity. Yeah. And that comes from the societal stigma of what porn is.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that there's some people that even if they're not addicted to porn, they may have a big feeling of shame because of the type of porn they're watching. Like, I think you could be a completely heterosexual male or woman who has no interest. You're not bi, you're not bi-curious or nothing like that. But if you watch like tranny porn or, you know, women like so many women, they tell me that the, the porn they love the most is girl, girl, even though they say they don't have um, homosexual tendencies. And so I think that just because they like watching that, they're afraid or they feel some sort of shame that this must mean I, I, I have gay tendencies.
1: Yeah, And it absolutely does not. It's what stimulates our brain. And it makes sense. Uh, especially for women, I think, to prefer girl-on-girl porn because we tend to know what stimulates us. Men aren't always the best at that. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> no, watching, really? So <laughs> watching that happen tends to lead to orgasm yeah. for women.
0: Right, right. And so, you know, you just heard it from the expert. If you don't believe me because you always think I'm full of shit, then you just heard it from the expert that says, don't be ashamed of any of the kind of fetishes or freakiness or or you know, taboo whatever porn that you watch, unless it you yeah, know no is verging on addiction. Right. Or that's, illegal. Yeah, no no kitty
1: porn. Ooh. That's that's
0: Ooh, that's a dick shriveler. Right. Yeah. At least for me. <laughs> um but yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that porn addiction stuff here in just a little bit. But going back to what I said on on why I think porn has totally ruined um the the sex and dating world and all that out there. And and I'm talking about like The past 25 years, because as the Internet has exploded and porn is like readily available on your phone on demand, if you wanted to, it used to be, you know, before the Internet, you had to like sneak your parents nudie mags, you know what I mean? And that was the extent of the porn that you got. But now it's so readily available. And so sex is one of those things I've talked about this for years, is that you've sort of had to figure out sex on your own. Nobody taught it to you. You know what I mean? You just had to navigate through the awkward teen years. And then as you became an adult, you just had to kind of figure out how to have sex. Yeah. You know, you may have a, a partner who may help you a little bit if you were cool with them giving you tips and not feeling insecure about it. But aside from your parents giving you the birds and the bees talk, you had to, you were kind of on your own to learn it, right? Yeah. And And hopefully if
1: you're bad, somebody tells you.
0: Oh, God. Has that ever happened to you? No. No. Have you ever had to tell a guy that you were bad? Not in anger, like in a fight, but actually like if he's saying, you know, do you like this or is there anything better, you know? yes (laughs)
1: yes <laughs> twice oh
0: my god how did that go over not well oh, yeah as you would imagine
1: yeah i didn't think it would go well
0: right and it was did they ask you or did you just kind of
1: i had to bring it up really? it was getting really bad Ew.
0: should i i mean we probably take up too much time if i was to ask for details on what he was doing wrong. But. Yeah, no. No? <laughs> way
1: too much time. All right.
0: Would, if he was listening right now, would he know that he, you were talking about him?
1: Probably not.
0: Oh, okay. Some I think men tend to way.
1: push that out of their brains real yeah. quick. All right. Blame. Oh, it's a her problem.
0: All right. Yeah, we'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. But, um, so what I was getting at is too many guys think that they use porn to teach them how to have sex. Oh. And how you have sex in porn is not how really sex goes in real life. Don't do
1: that. Don't. No.
0: There is a lot of positions that, you know, like men putting women in the pile driver position in porn. They're just moaning and acting like they love it. And they're always ready for the facial right at the end and stuff. That is not how the real world is.
1: Yeah. Don't don't learn how to have sex from porn, please.
0: No, it's supposed to be entertainment. It's not supposed to be a tutorial, okay? You might pick up a couple tips and tricks and things like that, but more often than not that is not the way the real world goes. Just like how if you watch a movie about, you know, with cops, that is not how cops act. No. You know, I was a firefighter. That is backdraft is not how firefighters are, what? you know what I mean? No. What? Sorry to sorry. Uh. To, right? Ruin it for you, but it's the truth. So so that's why I think porn has, like, really ruined people's sex lives because then also it raises their expectation level because they think sex is going to be as mind-blowing as it seems to be in porn. And a porn scene lasts, like, 30-something minutes and, like, the average sexual episode lasts, what, like, eight minutes maybe? About that, Yeah, yeah. So and, and that's not even if you're a minute man. If you're a minute man, <laughs> it lasts like 10 seconds. But right? like the average sexual episode lasts like 8 minutes. So that is so guys if they are thinking that the real world is going to be like porn, then they have a girl who could be like totally good in bed and she's she's totally average or above average in bed, but it's not going to compare to what you see in porn. And so you're going to think like every girl sucks in bed because yeah. it's not matching to what your porn expectations are. Right. Yeah. So How would you put up that firewall, Sarah, to try to get guys to have a clear separation between the porn world and the real world sex?
1: I think it's very much like what we have to teach our young girls now. You know, that grew up watching all these Disney movies where, you know, the princess in the end, you know, everything should be a fairy tale. Yeah. Really defining that what we see in entertainment is not real life. Right. And basing our experiences On real life experiences.
0: Yeah, right. So that means go ahead and watch your porn and enjoy it and get your freak on order. But just know that when it comes time to have sex in the real world, you have to have your realistic expectations to what that's going to be like. And don't do what they do in porn unless you know that your partner is definitely into it. Because there are some, believe it or not, there are girls who like facials, you know. I've, I've met them. <laughs> God love them. And, but then there's some that, you know, treat cum like it's a toxic chemical, you know?
1: Very true. And I think even better yet than going in with realistic expectations mm-hmm. in regards to sex, go in with no expectations. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, right. Relax. Not trying to put a, a forced thing on it.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, now, as we start merging towards guys or women, I guess, who have, um, who are letting porn starting to damage their lives, meaning they could be bordering on addiction. And Sarah, you could tell, you could tell us what some of the warning signs would be. I know from, because I've talked with some girls who talked to me about their ex boyfriends and stuff who started having some of these problems with porn. And they would say that they've started watching porn with their partner because that's the only way that he could get hard. Oh. Yeah. So the guy, and that's how you know, like a doctor or a, or a counselor or a therapist, I would think would even ask those questions like to find out, is it a medical problem that you can't get a hard on or is it a mental problem? And one of the ways that you rule that out is by asking them, can you get a hard on when you're watching porn? If Absolutely. they say yes, then it's not medical, correct? Absolutely. Right. Um, so they can get hard when they're watching porn, but when it comes time to have actual sex with their girl, even though they want to have sex, if they're like, I have that sexual desire, I'm horny, I just can't physically get hard, that's when you know porn is starting to become a problem, correct?
1: Absolutely, but even before that, so with any sort of addiction, you know, we have to ask ourselves, is this causing issues in multiple areas of this person's life? Yeah. You know, is this becoming problematic? Is there the obsessive compulsive component to it? Hmm. Where if we are maybe at work mm-hmm. and supposed to be focusing on our jobs, if we continuously think about watching porn, yeah, that's where that definition of addiction comes in.
0: Yeah, and that could be, like, people who get themselves, like, you still hear, at, at my work, you you hear about people who are busted with porn in their computer. And in this day and age, you're like, you know that's against every HR policy and Absolutely. every business out there. The IT department will catch you in a second, you know, but that yet they still do it. And the reason why is because they can't help themselves. Yes, That is like a textbook addiction, isn't it? Yes. No different than somebody who knows it's against every rule there is to drink while you're at work, but yet they still sneak a drink because they can't help themselves. Yeah.
1: And I think moving away from that idea of, well, just don't drink at work. Just don't watch porn work. If it were that easy, people wouldn't do it. It's not that people with addictions are stupid. Right. It's that there is that consumatory pathway in their brain. Yeah. And that obsessive compulsive component that tells them I need to.
0: Yeah. And and knowing that they're not stupid, that, that, that just gives you an idea of how powerful addictions are, that they know it's wrong in every sense of the word, yet they can't help themselves and they still do it.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: Even though they don't want to do it, they have to. Sometimes physically, you know, they, yeah. especially with with alcohol or drugs, as you start getting withdrawals, they're like, this. the only way I could stop the withdrawals is to do it.
1: Yeah. And really, the brain with that consumatory pathway, just like I was saying before, your brain tells you, you will die if you don't do this thing. Yeah. Even though logically you know you won't, yeah. your brain, that protective part of your brain that prevents you from starving to death, yeah. is now working against you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And is there a like really close relationship between sex addiction and porn addiction? Because if you're a sex addict, that may be the only fix you get, right, is the porn. Just because <laughs> you're a sex addict, I mean... Everybody would say that a guy, all men are sex addicts. They want sex all the time, but that's not a true sex addiction. Liking sex Correct. isn't the same as being a sex addict. Correct. I yeah. think
1: with any addictions, there is a link. Um, yeah. However, one doesn't necessarily mean the other.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So what would be, for all you women out there who, and, and I guess I'm stereotyping to say that men are the porn addicts, and, and women, but I guess women can be porn addicts as well, right? Absolutely. But... I think that's probably more men than women. I don't know. I have no statistics to back that up. But if that's the case, and some of you women who are listening are concerned that your men may have a porn addiction problem, Sarah, what are some of the signs, the warning signs?
1: So the inability to go without you know, watching porn or acting on that behavior uh, despite negative consequences, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Thinking about it, thinking about the next time, the last time that you are going to watch porn or have watched porn, um, looking at is this person starting to become like deceitful
0: yeah. in
1: regards to their porn and not just deceitful because of shame mm-hmm. of, you know, the act of watching porn, yeah. um, but trying to find ways to not piss off their partner so that they can watch porn.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, trying to you know go to the bathroom at work and watch it really quick.
0: Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Just to sneak it in there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And then probably I would think like performance issues has to be part of it, right? Like kind of what we just talked about is a guy can't because the guy knows, especially if it's his partner, that he knows what he's in for when he's about to have sex with her, you know, and he knows it's not going to. Live up to what he sees in porn, so it just doesn't turn him on. Then
1: I think it can be a a sign, Uh, not always. And there are other, you know, there are other issues that performance can be a symptom of. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, there could be a a a ton of things mentally uh, of why a guy can't get it up. Yeah. And that's a whole other story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) That would be advice that you just gave. That would be for a partner who has a partner that might have a potential porn addiction problem what about people who are listening who are like how do i know if i have a porn problem or addiction
1: if you have ever thought to yourself do i have a problem with porn yeah there is a strong probability that you have a problem with porn yeah the average you know joe Schmo, that thought doesn't cross their mind
0: yeah, and I don't think you could put a time stamp on it. I don't think you can say if you watch more than 2 hours of porn a day, you're a porn addict. I don't I don't think it I don't think that's the measure, is it? Not at all. Not yeah. at all.
1: Just like, you know, with substances. Yeah. It isn't, you know, how much somebody drinks or uses. It's how it impacts their life and how their brain interacts with that stimuli.
0: Yeah, like even with with alcohol, I don't think you have to get, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert, but I don't think you have to get rip-roaring drunk to be considered an alcoholic. I think the person who thinks about that one glass of wine they have after work and they feel that they can't relax and they they get like maybe the shakes like I'm off my routine if I don't get my one glass of wine. That's even like an alcohol problem, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. The obsessive compulsive component.
0: Yeah, right, right. So porn could be the same thing. It's not about It's not about the quantity, it's about, you know, how is it affecting your lives that you feel like you can't function even if you only get like that half an hour of porn a day. Correct. Yeah. So one thing that I want to throw in here before we wrap up is I read in Rolling Stone not long ago, they did a like expose on John Mayer, you know, the the singer John Mayer, and you know, they were talking about how, you know, and I think he's kind of past his heyday. But when he was in his heyday, it was like they called his music like the panty dropper. You know yeah. what I mean? And so they were like, hey, you're a good looking guy. Your music is like the panty dropper for women. So the interviewer in a you know clever, funny way, because that's how Rolling Stone interviews. They were like, you just must be getting wall to wall ass. You know what I mean? It must be good to be John Mayer, you know? And John Mayer's response, like, shocked them to where he was like, you know what? I don't have sex a whole lot, and it's totally by choice. He goes, you know, when you're a celebrity, it really complicates your sex life, you know, for all kinds of different reasons, legal reasons, uh, shallow reasons. The shallow sex you would have doesn't fulfill me and stuff. He goes, so I don't even bother anymore. He goes, my sex life is is um composed almost entirely of masturbation and pornography he goes and he goes and that's what i choose he goes not because i have a problem with porn or masturbation or any of that he goes it's a choice that of course i want to have orgasms and i want to get off like anybody else the way i choose to do it though was instead of this you know mixed bag of sexual interludes with with women i choose to do it through masturbation and pornography
1: it's a lot less complicated, that's for sure. Good right. for him.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad I hear I, I hear you. Like, there's nothing... Other people may say he's fucked up. There's something fucked up about that. But I thought it was a fairly healthy viewpoint.
1: I'm impressed. Yeah. That's, like, higher thinking. Yeah, it,
0: it's it's basically kind of like a form of celibacy, um, but not for, like, the reasons why most people are celibate. Not for religious reasons. Not for, I'm waiting for the one
1: People are nuts. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. That's what it was. It was like, like logistical reasons. You know what I mean? Very practical reasons why.
1: I never would have guessed that about John Mayer.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what he said. I'm sure at some point, probably early on, when you first become a celebrity, you're like, oh, look at all the ass I'm going to get. Oh,
1: yeah, but he probably learned hardcore. Right.
0: And he probably learned his lesson by, you know, there's some celebrities that they make people they have they hook up with sign like an NDA and, and uh, like a, almost like a legal release. Like, yeah. I am having sex with Joe Schmo legally, oh, yeah. you know, I can only not you against my losses. will or anything. I'm like, doesn't that kind of take the fun out of it?
1: you would think but do what you gotta do to protect your money right
0: so i know we were talking about porn addiction and 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 how unhealthy practices when it comes to porn but i don't think his situation is one of those things not at all yeah i I think he's doing it for practical right what it sounds like he's saying then no would you have sex with john mayer is he your type
1: uh depends on on the mood and like, like your are more of like an emotional connection type of person.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, listen to his music. It's like very like I
1: don't buy that bullshit.
0: No, you think it's no. all an act? Yep. Right. That's what a guy sings to you around a campfire on the beach to try to get laid. If
1: a man did that, I would turn and run.
0: Oh, <laughs> would you?
1: Don't don't serenade me with Wonderwall. Yeah. Get out of here with oh that shit. Oh my
0: god, yeah. Or your body's a Wonderland. Oh. That would that line wouldn't work on you? I mean,
1: I'd prefer Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> Alright.
0: All right. So um, to wrap this up, Sarah, what would be like your your final piece of advice, or at least the viewpoint on how porn should be a just one piece of the puzzle that kind of fits into to your life?
1: I think with how much of a crapshoot addiction can be, yeah, um, you know, watching porn in moderation is you know a good thing. But if you ever find that you're getting to the place where it's becoming problematic, yeah. or you're wondering if you have a problem with porn talk to a counselor. You call there are so many great clinicians out there that help with porn addiction. Yeah. You know 12 step meetings are fantastic and they're free. You don't have to pay somebody to listen to you. Yeah. Um, but if you believe that you may have a problem, go and seek help. Yeah. If you are, you know, not having the obsessive compulsive or problems coming up because of watching porn, you do you.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Get your free gun. Watch porn. Yes. I do. Watch it with your partner if they're into it. You know right. what I mean? Include them in your freakiness. Talk so, about it. All right. But yeah, definitely seek help if you need it. Because Sarah can vouch for this. Is There's no judgment on their end. Trust me, they have heard and seen somebody way more fucked up than your weirdness.
1: Every time. Every time. Yeah. And you're not alone.
0: Yeah. There is help.
1: Yeah. And you're know, starting to work away from the shame.
0: Yeah. Taking that step to ask for help is always the hardest part, right? Absolutely. But once once you do, you're gonna feel a lot better once that help comes. It's kind of like a purging, of not of, that kind of purging. Yeah, not that kind of purge. That's 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 a, that's something completely different. All right, that's great advice, Sarah. Thanks for uh, coming by and doing the show with us once again.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, like I said, it's good to, to to tie the street smart stuff with the clinical stuff. That's like the perfect balanced world, you know? So, Oh,
1: thanks for calling me a perfect balanced world. Of course, because I
0: love you. You're, you're one of my favorite people for sure. Of course. And that'll do it for today's edition of believe in the sex playbook. I'm John Ibrahim. Make sure to hit me up on Facebook and Instagram with the username, the real John Ibrahim. And please remember to subscribe to the sex playbook and give the show a five star rating. Remember, you can find Believe in the Sex Playbook on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at pretty much all your favorite podcast directories. And, of course, always at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, please tweet your questions or topics at me and Shay, and I promise we will try to read them in a future episode. You can find me on Twitter at John Ibrahim, and you can find Shay at Shay. that's K-I-L-L-M-E-R-S-H-A-Y, and remember, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Remember, sex sells, so get on the action and advertise with us. If you guys ever have any questions that you want a more clinical opinion on, feel free to contact me or Shay and we can relay it to Sarah. And Sarah, how would you feel about uh, submitting your advice through us for, the, for anybody who needs it.
1: I'd be more than happy to come back and, and answer any questions that you guys have.
0: There you go. And I think it's cool that if we get enough questions for Sarah maybe we'll have her back just on a QA and a show just answering listeners clinical sex and dating questions. That'd be awesome. Cool. Well thanks Sarah. I appreciate you. Thanks. And you've been listening to the Sex Playbook on the Believe Podcast Network. See ya people.